0: be seated. Good morning, James North family. That's better. I'm glad to be here in person with you worshiping our God. Precisely has been more than six months that I haven't been here. So I'm excited and nervous as well, as always but it is a blessing and privilege to be here with you and sharing the word of God. So we're going to read. I'm going to read from Genesis 25, starting verses 19 to 24. I was given, I was signed for almost three chapters. So last week, Pastor Derek preached one Long narrative, and I'm preaching sixth, so how good is that? But I hope to put all together these six parts, six narratives about one biography, and just is the beginning of Jacob's life. So, Genesis 25 19. This is the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, from Padan and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife, because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca became pregnant. The babes joistled each other within her, struggled. And she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twins, boys, in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's hill. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. Family, the most precious possession. Jacob and Esau's lives. Following the expository preaching from the beginning of Genesis up to here. So, today we are talking about family. How is your family? Is it what you planned? In my life, it hasn't been. All of it, and maybe for some, didn't happen the way you planned. For some, you had a good beginning, now it's being difficult. For others, you're still far from having that. But a friend of mine, a non-pastor, actually said, "You get prepared to build your family or to have a family 20 years before you have it," and he's quite right. You have no time to know how to be a husband and a father or a mother when the kids are born. You need to be prepared much longer. And I realized when I had my first boy, I was only nine years Christian. And that includes my conversion, my baptism, my discipleship to college and university, and then ordination. And then I was married. And then I have my kid, and I was only nine years. All of this time. And then when this pastor said that, I said, oh, now I know how I made many mistakes. We need to prepare ourselves. Especially if you want a good family. Especially if you want to influence generations. Especially if you want to be an example of God, fearing God to your family. Isaac's family had everything to work out. Nevertheless, didn't. They suffered terrible times. Isaac was an excellent candidate to marry. Young, spiritual, heir to a great fortune and a glorious spiritual future. Rebecca had been chosen, specially by God, to be Isaac's wife. How that sounds? God chose a wife for him. She was beautiful, helpful, hardworking, loved, determined and the mirror, available, always there for him. Everything indicated that they had everything to form a perfect family, but did not. By the way, all the patriarch married beautiful wives, all of them were barren. Sin has ruined his family. Began with lies, combined with selfishness and fear of lack of trust and communication between the couples, the lack of wisdom in raising children, and so on. So today, we're going to see at least four episodes on this beginning of Jacob's life. Could be six, and actually we will go from Jacob from now until the very end of Genesis. First, sin, oh, chapter, the birth of Esau, Esau and Jacob. We just read it. We heard that Isaac was four years old when he married, so he wasn't young. Different than his father, Abraham, who also had a barren wife, and instead of praying for her, he accepted the invitation to get her maid and had her descendants coming from Agar. And that thing jeopardized their story for a hundred years, actually. But Isaac, at this time, he had a good beginning. He prayed for his wife. And this is bringing me already one idea. When your wife has some issue, when your wife, could face infertility. When your wife is struggling with her emotions, what do you do? What do you do first? Isaac prayed for his wife, Rebecca. In fact, the words in English does not express actually the deep sense of his prayer, it doesn't say. If he was praying throughout these 20 years, that could have been. But also doesn't show us the word in the original who says that this prayer was a kind of worshiping sacrifice. Remember, when he was young, one day his father, Abraham, brought him to an altar that God asked it. And he was the offering sacrifice, but he was not sacrificed. That picture probably was in his mind for many years. And maybe now he says, well, something else I can contribute to the Lord and show him I need him. So when he prayed, the idea of he offered a worshiping sacrifice, probably he killed an animal. He prayed, he sang song. He prays the Lord and says, God, I need you. It's your promise. You promised my father. We're going to be a father of nations. That is my wife. I won't take a second wife. God heard him, attended him, and supernaturally healed his wife. After 20 years of barrenness, God answers Isaac's prayers. And Rebecca got pregnant, but then she was suffering a terrible pain. She searched the Lord for understanding, and the Lord answered her with an oracle. An oracle of the Lord that in this case sets the tone for the narratives that will follow. What God had said to her would follow all her life and all their descendants. Two nations are inside of you. You have twins. They represent two nations that will come from them. And the elder would serve the young. Esau was named according to his appearance. He was red. He was hairy. He was kind of tough guy. He was a man of the field and later on he became what his was, appearance was about. He became a hunter. And Jacob to his activity and these men had actions. Jacob had actions from the beginning to the end. He's going to be a father of 12 in the future. He's going to be a man of activities, fight, Wars. It was clear, though, that at, through this prayer answer, this oracle, that Jacob was the heir by divine election. Liking or not, getting shocked or not, God is the God of Abraham who had good stuff. But the best he could do, it was under or below God's expectation. Isaac wasn't different. Jacob won't be different. They're all human under circumstances that we all, we all were born with. And he's going to act on that. Interesting to note is that both Isaac, the husband, and Rebekah, the wife, Prayed, and God answered both. There are prayers I've made, never heard an answer. It might happen. Maybe I didn't hear. Might have happened. Both prayed, and both got their answered. Maybe not the way they want to. Isaac, were heard according he wished. She got pregnant. She inquired, sometimes I think, why she had prayed that. Maybe it would be better for her not to know. Because knowing what God wants to do through her, maybe didn't prepare her. Instead, she messed up and tried to help God. And that was one problem. On the divine side, we learn how the blessing was guaranteed to Jacob even before he was born. He was predestined to inherit God's salvation and be the channel to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. On the human side, we learn how the conflict started between brothers, threatened the blessing for Jacob. Having that said, made his life difficult as well. Esau and Jacob's determination. And making things their way is shown in the fight, even in the belly of his, her mother, their mother, and they already act in the way they were born. So, in one way, the private and sinful nature—I've never seen it. I heard it. David said, "I was born in sin," but here you can see the sin even before they are born in the belly, the fight. Let me tell you. A story, not in this transcript. Actually you have none. Okay, good. I had, I have three cats, used to be five cats. Well, used to be none cats until we rescued one. She was four months old when she was rescued, not knowing when she was six she was already pregnant with four kittens. We kept them for four months and then we gave two. What amazed me because I never seen this, Eleni was master on this cat thing. I wasn't. The firstborn, Fofo Fluffy, he came first. And then I realized, even after, even until today, five or six years later, Fofo had some authority, some supremacy. He was the firstborn. Wherever he wants to get fed, he would just open the way and he would be fed and he would, you know, put the others away. Even today, the mother is very mean to the others. But before she just acknowledges her own, she does nothing against him. So there is something in the nature already in us, especially here. They are fighting inside. Maybe it's not a scientific experience, explanation, but something is going on. They are fighting because their sinful nature is already there. Both wants to come first. One come first, won the race, Esau. The other grabbed his heel, saying, I am not giving up, I will win. And they could not even think they were babies. Applying. Are we patient and waiting God's promise, even when it takes forever. My grandkid is like that. He walked with me, and yesterday we were walking the road, and I was a little away because I was kind of tired, and says, Oh, Grandma, vovo is taking forever to reach us. For him was forever, just two meters. For us, maybe some months, years, Maybe your career is taking forever to take off. Maybe you didn't find the other. You are looking for a spouse. You're looking for a wife or husband, and it looks like it's taking forever. Maybe you start in this pandemic something, and it's taking forever. Maybe your college degree, your trade certification, your university degree or post grad is taking forever. Maybe your financial difficulties. It's taking too long. God is with you. God has promised you. God is on your side. But are we patient enough to wait in God's promise to take place? Do we believe God can do it even when it looks like he won't? Whatever that can be. Second sin. Esau around his birthright. Genesis 25, 27 to 34, let's go back there and you tell what is going on after they were born. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was quite a man, staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild games, when I read that, I thought maybe he's Canadian. I think they are talking about hockey, wild game. Because game for me is a sport, and then I went to Portuguese. What does that mean? Wild game? What kind of game is that, Andrew? And then I realized it's hunter. In Portuguese, there is no sport involved. It's not sport. Wild game. You know that. So he had a taste for wild game loved Esau. But Rebekah loved Jacob. So Esau was loved by his father and Jacob was, well, they both loved each other but they have their favoritism. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick! Let me have some of their red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was called Adam. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. Why good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, Selling his birthright to Jacob, then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Jacob wanted his brother's birthright, he wants to be the firstborn even the balance, but he didn't succeed. But now he wants his birthright. We saw it even before when he was born. Jacob knew the meaning and its importance. He knew the way his brother behaved, how he and his father had a taste for food. And wanting that so badly He tricked his brother. He analyzed the situation. He studied his brother. He thought, one day I'm going to get it. I'm going to do my way and I'm going to be the one who has the right, the birthright. He tricked his brother using his physical appetites. Isn't that the way that many have failed? Through our instinct, through our Preference to our likes, that's what got Esau. Esau sold his birthright, he despised it. He traded something of great value for a bowl of stew. You see, as the firstborn son in a family, Esau was entitled to special privileges. But when he sold his birthright, he gave up those privileges. What did he give up? I'm going to be very, I have much more to say here, but I'm going to try to make it short. He gave up the privilege of being a priest, to represent God in his family, to be the spiritual authority, the one that guides the family in their right path. The old brother who everybody has to listen because he has authority from God given through his birth. We know that all that went to Levi's tribe later on and they become the priesthood of God. But at this time, not only in this, let's say, Jewish family if I can say later on, because Moses has all the five books already, but in the mind when he's writing, but even in the pagan nations, that was something. Actually, those firstborn were killed, offered to God, and that was a blessing for the family, to have someone to offer to a God. Our God never, he requests, but never accepts. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn, That was given to us, the firstborn to be raised. Secondly, he gave up a double portion of the possession of his dad by giving up or by selling his birthright. He's giving his father's state. That Tyler was the will of the time. The will doesn't need to be. written written by lawyers or this kind of thing in this time, was the firstborn, already automatically he had the right to have double portion of the estate, of the owner, of the land, wherever it was, to take care after his death of the mother. And if they would have sisters of the sisters, and whoever big family it was, of course, by this time was only promise. The only thing Abraham had or or Isaac had was a graveyard of Abraham. But later on would be the promised land. Later on would be the people of God. Later on would open the way to our Messiah. And this is what Esau is giving up. To be remembered of the the genealogy of our Jesus Christ. He isn't the guide. Jacob is. Thirdly, he gave up his power. Authority as the head of the whole family. And his father absence, either become you or something like that. He would be the person. And he gave up. But what does that mean for you, sir? What does that mean to be spiritual, to take care of family, to have a responsibility when he is such a man driven by his appetites? What does it mean to have a promise? Promise? Is it achievable? Can I have it now? Can I enjoy life? Can I have an early retirement? Esau said, no, this is just words. He gave up. I'm about to die. I want to have this f- food. I'm famished, about to die. Who cares about the birthright? So Esau had it all. And as the firstborn, he had the power, he had the promise of God, and he had the priesthood, and yet he traded it all for a bowl of stew. After all, what? good or use of priesthood would be for a man like Esau. He lost. Jacob won. After he took it, but he won. Apply. Do you, do we value God's gift? Are we aware of the riches we have in Christ to God's grace? Don't some of us, I'm not saying all of us, but I may be included. Definitely I'm included. You don't need to be. But don't we do the same? At a job offer, what is your choice? If you're having a good job offer, good money, but no day off, a lot of travels to do around the world, are you going to be wealthy soon, in five years maybe? How do you care about God? How do you care about your? How do you care about your wife or, or kids or if you have a family, take care? When you come to a decision that is one or the other, what do you do? How do you value things? At university or college, what do you do? Do you cheat? Do you get a easy way? If something is difficult, we see movies. I can't believe those things happen, but it might happen. When an easy way is presented, do we consider our spiritual values over that immediate gratification? How many of our kids has not or hasn't given up has given up their faith because it's not popular? Because it's not cool, because it mess up their datings or their potential boyfriends or girlfriends? It messes up their human desires. So how do we value God's Word, God's presence, the Holy Spirit relationship? How do we value those eternal values up against immediate things? For me, sometimes it's even, even that simple. There is a, let's suppose I'm in Brazil, there is a 7 p.m. Worship service. And there is a world soccer final game. Brazil is in. How do you do it? Well, as possible, trying to change the times. <laughs> Everybody wants to watch the game, so you're going to be by yourself. Some church watch together, then they have service. But what do you do? Simple as that complicate as any adultery or something like that. Esau did that with a bow of stew. Third sin. Coming to one last The last. Jacob receives blessing through deception. So what was his method? He came with his mother with this master plan and deceived the old man. So let me read just a few verses. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son! And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I'm old. I do not know the day of my death. Actually, he didn't die in the next 10 or 20 years. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And prepare for me delicious food, yummy, yummy, such as I love. And bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Isaac. decides to bless the older son. He planned, he thought, he articulated. Though he was old, he was not insane. Esau, he wants to bless his older son, Esau, in a contrary di- direction or contradicting what God wants him to do. Revealed to his wife in Genesis 25-23. There, God made it very clear that the youngest son should get the blessing. But Isaac determines to bless the oldest son instead. Isaac is defying God. And it puts his wife in tough spot because she's listening. I'm glad Elaine is not this type of wife. But it's not uncommon we hear stuff. She heard it. And that conversation put her in a bad spot. And she acted upon that. Isaac is old. Esau and Jacob are 77 years old. Listen, Jacob and Esau are you are thinking, how old is Isaac? 137. I get that. I understand. Probably none of us are going to make this to live. He has a poor memory. He did not keep remembering what God has said to his wife. He is tired. He lost his vision. His hearing is not great because he cannot kind of think he is not He is Jacob talking, his voice of Jacob, but his hearing is not great. Because if he heard greatly, he would say, hey, this is not you. His hearing is not great either. But let me tell you, his plan is great. His taste is good. His appetite is still there. Doesn't he say something? Some has ever forgot everything that is important for most. But what you like the most, you never give up. The guy always loved good life and good food. And he says, prepare for me delicious food, such as I love. He loved his food. And bring it to me that I may eat and that my soul may bless you before I die. He should love God with all his heart. But contrary, he loves his food. Just making a parallel here, an illustration if you may. When Jesus was tempted by the devil after 40 years of fasting, he says, he was challenged to turn stones and bread. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is what Isaac should have before him should have the word of God and bless his sons according to the blessings he knew he was to transfer not think about food in this important moment once Jesus and the disciples were kind of starving they went away to find food and they come back and Jesus is talking with the Samaritan woman things like that and they ask did you eat? did you have any food? as we were away and he said, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What a contrast. Verse 5 to 10 tells us that Rebekah is listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. And so when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Obey my voice. You see, she has authority over Jacob. And Jacob is the one who obeys his mom descriptively, Obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. His love. He loves. And you, you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. She doesn't tell everything to Jacob, but she tells what she thinks is important. She's telling her son to lie to his dad. What kind of teaching is this? Well, Jacob is not so sure about it. Not because he doesn't want the privilege of it, but he's afraid. How can I trick the man? How can I do such a thing? I'm going to be like a goof, uh, someone with all this pretending thing. He explains to her the difference between both physically, but she said she's going to take care of it. She comes with a master plan. She brings her own, the old consequence she brings to her, and actually she will receive it, and he accepts it. They tricked the old man. Isaac taught him. Smelled him, ate, drank, was satisfied, and then blessed the cheater. Simple like that. Worked. Worked in the way they planned. And he got what he wanted. But with a cost. A cost to his life, a cost to his brother, a cost to his dad, a cost to her mother, a cost to all people of God that took generations to heal. But they did it. Rebecca deceived her husband, manipulated him to bless Jacob in a very deceptive way. Jacob fulfilled the profile, it suited him. That was his picture. I count no less than half a dozen lies in this encounter between Rebecca and Jacob and his father. Does it work well on the surface? It seems to work. Jacob receives Isaac's blessing, but a terrible cost to the entire family. Let's think about us. Just quickly here, applying. Do we trust God enough to wait his will to be done in our lives without our tendency to work that out? When God has promised something, when you're trained by God's word, when The people of God, leaders of the church, encourage you to go this way and not that way. Do you wait until God accomplished his will in our lives? Or we want to do something about it. We want to have a short way. Last picture, last point. Esau Esau, seeks his father's blessing. So this is a huge chapter that goes until chapter 28, verse 9. So I'm going to make it very simple here, but we can read something. And yes, so my eyes are getting dim too. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son. He answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. The text says that Isaac realized At this moment, what he just did. He was trying to define God, and he was tricked. He wants to bless his favorite son, maybe because they have lots of thinking in common. He was the firstborn, and he didn't care what God really wanted. And he thought, at this time, maybe I can do what really is important. And then he got surprised. Isaac trembled very violently for good or for bad. I don't know if you have be been in this spot. I have moments in my life that I trembled, I shocked, I panicked because somehow even before I was born again, I knew I was going doing something wrong and I was caught. And even before Christ, there were moments that I said, oh, I messed up, now it's too late, I already sent, said a word to my wife, I can't take back, now I have to go the other way, repent or confess. It's gone. And then you shock. You feel that. And under that we're talking, sometimes when God visits us, you can feel the sense, the energy, the power shaking you, put you to stand and revere God. For good or bad, there are these moments. And this is a moment of both. He is cheer of terror, he is panicked, he is trembling very violently because he know what he was doing, and now he was caught, and now what he receives from God, it was kind of answer, some commentator says that now he realized his mistake, he tried to defy God, but God is in charge, he felt the panic, and now he's, he sees he had fought against God and lost. Now, this is a terrifying thing. Hebrews 10 31 says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And that's how Isaac is feeling, according to the commentators. Isaac's fellowship with God is broken. And so is his family. His mistake. His favoritism. His sin is found out. And he cannot undo and come to a conclusion. That now God's way is better. He shall be blessed. That's the only thing he says to his son. I ate. I blessed. And he shall be blessed. Probably being a priest, being the son of Abraham, being the one that God has chosen, like you and I, we know when we pray and we were heard, we know when we pray when God is in it, we know when something is right in the God's eyes, and He felt, I blessed, oh, I was strict, was it so, but the presence and the blessing was there, so it means. The heaven came down and did it. He is blessed. He shall be blessed. Because God accomplished his plan. Despite of Isaac's effort toward it. Isaac's defiance and Rebecca's deceptions tear their family apart. And then Esau is going to hear it. Esau is going to cry twice. Esau is going to be disappointed. Esau is going to bring the the hate in his heart. Esau is going to beg his father a blessing. Don't you have any blessing left for me? There is only one prayer you can do. And whatever Isaac prayed was a reverse prayer. Whatever he said to Jacob, he said on the contrary to Esau, and it wasn't a good and he saw that day become the hunter of his brother and he says once my father passed away I'm going to kill my brother how many things have we done wrongfully how many things have we done sinfully how many times have we been partially immediately unfaithfully non Prayfully. I don't know if it exists, I put this here. Non-prayfully. Do we regret? Do we repent? It took 20 years for Isaac, sorry, for Jacob and Esau to get along again. The best is to come. Our text stops here, but Jacob's stories go on. And all. The best three moments Jacob is going to have, they are related with places. Bethel, Peniel, and El Peniel, or Manain. And in three, these three moments, God will be present, and there will be hope. Maybe we end up today with a mess. Maybe we end up today to see man's way works, but it's not the best. Concluding, Isaac sinned against God and his children by waiting to reverse God's purpose. Isaac ended up alone, embarrassed, without a smile, contrary to the meaning of his name. A great man, a great businessman, a rich man, but careless husband and a partial father. His name starts with a smile and ends up with tears. Rebekah tried to help God using betrayals and lies. She was spiritually weak and began to doubt the fulfillment of God's promise to Jacob. She then did things her way. She decided to cheat on her husband and betray her son, Esau. She urged Jacob to lie, to cheat, to trick. The lie we know comes from the evil one, but she was now blind and weak and so far from God that she lost her fear of God that Derek preached very well last week about her beginning. But at the end, she might be over 100 years old, she lost her fear of God. They lied. Both lied in God's name. Esau in turn, seeing His home living appearances, and that's the problem. Religiously, he despised God and became profane. Esau punished himself to avenge his parents. He waited for his father to die to avenge his brother. And he married pagan wives. Jacob, for his part, learned to be deceitful at home. Moved by his mother's rigid will, Jacob deceived his old father. He lied forging his identity, pretend to be Esau, blaspheme God, and gave a false kiss to his father. Jacob learned from his mother, and from that time on he lived as a such, supplanter, deceitful, a dishonest person until God changed his life. Unfortunately, Isaac and Rebecca didn't learn with their mistakes. Probably Jacob did later on in the last encounter with God. El Peniel Manain. They didn't learn, but we can vow, well, we can. We can learn. We can know that by observing, by meditating in those lives, by looking at Jesus, we get wisdom. We realize that God is always prevail. There is no way. God has chosen us, has enabled us, has blessed us, and he knows how we really are. And he can help us in any circumstance. And we don't need to choose sin or the devil's guidance. Isaac's story continues. Jacob's story goes on. Jacob will carry and transfer transfer God's promise to the very end. There is a God of Abraham. There is a God of Isaac. There is a God of Jacob. Despite their flung, their insincerity, what they were, liars, trickers, and so on. God's elections surpasses all our inabilities. And through his grace and his son Jesus Christ, one day, through confession, being repented, being his follower, following his way, having his spirit, we're going to be bringing together with all those people from the past in the same table. How is your family? The worship group can come. How is your family? Repent, wherever it is. And even if you haven't done, if you don't see yourself like them, but you don't want to, it's time to ask God's favor. Do you need a miracle in your family? I probably do. I'm going to pray now. They're going to be playing and singing. Pastor Paul is going to lead us in prayer after this. And I really want you to be united, to be in this presence of God, knowing that God is here. He's a God that we can love and fear. And wherever is done wrong up today, he's able to forgive us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Isaac, Jacob, Esau and Rebecca's stories. In this particular moment, a family who had all to succeed, but at this point did not. A family who should be their most precious gift of treasure, but somehow they messed up by sinning, by lying, by cheating, by not obeying your voice. We are not, so different than then, Lord. So would you have mercy on us. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.